What's up, everybody? C.L. King coming to you live from the High Definition Studios here in Impactville. Come on, get your cup of coffee. I'm sitting high atop the roof, E. Plowden Legacy Chair. Make sure all this stuff is working good tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about, well, I had a guest tonight, and they had a scheduling conflict. So, I asked my daughter, you know, that's funny, just consult with your kids and see what you should do in life. I said, what should we do, uh, what should we have as a topic tonight on the show? And my daughter said, Asperger. I said, really? What's up, VP? My man, the great, the legendary VP. I said, okay, well, I'll do it. And, you know, I have weighed in a few times on the Asbury Revival there in Kentucky and... I just left it left it at that, and my daughter said, no, 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 no. You need a topic tonight. Go ahead and talk about that. I said, okay, Mariah. You're going to leave me out here in deep water by myself. Thanks. Oh, without question, it's a UNC shirt, Craig. For those of you who can't see who are listening to the podcast, yes, I am wearing my North Carolina basketball jersey with the number 23 on it, baby. This is where our friendship derails, Greg and I. I gotta take a bite of the sausage, y'all. It's so good. There is no way that I could eat that sausage on live on camera. It's so good, y'all. Man, y'all ready for this discussion tonight? Mm, 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 mm. My wife made these Polish sausage, rice, and green beans. We'll be back in the gym tomorrow. For those of you who hear me smacking, <laughs> this is your host, CLK, coming to you live. Mm, 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 mm. Let me just tell my wife real quick that I am live on my podcast. Hold on a second, y'all. I think she, I think she realized it. She didn't even, she didn't even go live with me. <clears throat> so again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I had to take a bite of this sausage because it was just so good. And Charity made a slamming meal tonight. <clears throat> we did not get to the gym. But we are getting to the gym tomorrow. And I'm finding that the more we go, the easier it is to go. Now, this shirt used to be really tight when I first bought it. It's loosening up. So, pleased with that. Not really tracking the pounds at this point because I'm lifting weights. So, that's adding a little more muscle with a little more mass. And I'm not being so restrictive on my diet. I'm just putting in the work, y'all. Okay? So, 
tonight, I, I had a guest. Her, her name is Niecy Jordan. She is my cousin from Lorraine, Ohio. She's got the book Behind Closed Doors. She's got the children's book, Good Touch, Bad Touch. And she also has the book, the, the uh, journal, Behind Closed Doors, the journal. But she's also a grandma. And so she could not fit into her schedule being a grandma and being a live podcast guest. And so we'll probably move her to this weekend. And it's all good. So I want, <clears throat> I want to ask you all. <coughs> Lord, that sauce is so good. It went down the wrong pipe, y'all. I want to ask you all, what are your thoughts <clears throat> on the Asbury revival there in Kentucky? You're welcome to put those in the chat. But since my guest canceled and I was getting ready to go snuggle up in the bed, I asked Mariah, I said, okay, so I don't have a guest tonight. What would you do if you were me? What kind of show would you do? She said, I would do it on Asbury. I said, yeah, Mariah, but I've already talked on that. She was like, yeah, we'll do a whole show on it. I'm like, okay, so here we go. So for those of you who don't know, there is a university in Kentucky called Asbury University. Okay, it's not Ashbury for those of you spelling it wrong. It is A-S-B-U-R-Y. And you can just type it into your Google search engine and type in Asbury Revival 2023. And what has happened is some young people at the Asbury um, Christian College were having their normal chapel, and they decided that they wanted to go longer than their chapel. They wanted to pray longer. They wanted to. They wanted to remain. They wanted to linger in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> and so they did that. And then other students wound up coming back to the hall where they usually have their chapel several times a week. And one thing led to another and they just got swept up in the presence of God and time became not a factor. And so the staff and faculty let let uh, let God do what He was doing, and now it's turned into a multi-day revival. Uh, as people look at it online, and they're just like, "My goodness, um, you know, these young people just wanted to have a move of God, a touch of God, and now it's turned into this global." epidemic or you know it's it's turned into this global phenomenon where people <clears throat> are leaving their hometowns and, and traveling down there to experience if you will the asbury revival and so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of logistics that have to go into something like this that the faculty and staff are trying to figure out what to do so let me just read you this this article. A Christian university in Kentucky, Kentucky is looking to move its around-the-clock prayer services 
off campus as a professor called for the public phase of the revival to wind down amid overcrowding concerns. So they're already looking at this. This is <clears throat> this is a news article as of today. They're already looking at or oh, February. Yeah, it's, it's today. They're looking at trying to get this back to somewhat of a normal scenario. The Asbury University is planning to hold its final public evening service Sunday and move revival services off campus later this week as tens of thousands have descended on the small town in Wilmore. All right, so <clears throat> the school is getting overwhelmed by all of us coming down there wanting to gawk at it and rubberneck rubber and see what's going on. So the school also is working with Mayor Wilmore to address the logistical issues as the town of 6,000 people uh, strains to accommodate the massive numbers of people pouring in from around the world, according to the news. The movement began after students refused to leave following a chapel service on February the 8th. And the services have been have since grown to pack the school's auditorium and have spilled out into the parts of the community. Local restaurants and hotels are scrambling to keep up with the demand, and there are more people in town than the number available of bathrooms. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I'm just looking at this online. Beginning Monday afternoon, beginning Monday, the afternoon service will be accessible to everyone, while the evening service will only admit high schoolers and the individuals aged 25 and below, according to the local news station the last public evening service will be held uh, scheduled to take place sunday at 7 30 through though the afternoon services will continue to be open to the public until wednesday at 2 p.m services will officially move off campus starting friday we recognize life for the students has re has to return to normal that's what they're saying they have to go to school they have midterms next week abby Lobb, ashbury's communications director said told the local outlet <clears throat> they know this is a gift they have received it as a gift so we are going to change uh we're going to charge them with it now to take this to your job to your family and to your church and i couldn't say amen even louder than that because here's my take the the, the title of our 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 podcast tonight is you know why is everyone fixated on the Ashbury revival, the Ashbury service. And here's what I want you to understand, that I've done some statistical analyses, and you guys can go back to several shows ago where I talked about why are young people leaving the church? Why are Generation Z and the millennials, why are they exiting the church? Well, we found that when we did a little more of a study, Greg, it wasn't that the millennials were leaving the church. What we found is that, or leaving God, it found, we found that millennials were leaving organized religion. They were leaving, you know, uh, testimony service and uh, altar call and parking lots and coffees and signs and cafes, etc. That's what they were leaving. They were just tired of the, of the organized religious piece of it. And they just wanted to have, they weren't leaving God. See, the studies show that it wasn't that that millennials and Generation X, Y, and Z, W, Q, R, X, they were leaving organized religion because they were tired of it. They were tired. They did not, they did, it didn't resonate with them. 
You know what I mean? Like, you know, you have kids in the youth group, but the youth group is not reality. The youth group doesn't deal with paying bills and mortgages, et cetera, marriage counseling, on and on and on. The youth group is just a good time where you eat and fellowship. And then when they come into the adult <clears throat> services, they realize, oh, my goodness, this is, this, this is too much like work. So young people were, were not connecting with the relationship piece of religion. See, with religion without relationship, it's just an organization. You might as well be going playing bingo. You understand? And so this Asbury revival started with some young people that just said, hey, look, we refuse to leave. Their, their goal was not to get TikTok famous. Their goal was not to get... Facebook famous or Instagram famous. Their goal was just to say, hey, look, man, we feel something in this in this prayer service. And we want to stay here. Yeah, Greg, that's a that's a great point. Religion can seem like work. It just seems like, okay, you got to do this. You got to go to 17 classes. You got to check the box 45 times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you might be able to go out and clean the toilets, you know, and, and what they, they, they were just not, I, the, the next generation is not identifying with that. They're identifying with the relationship with God, but they're not identifying with the protocols and the proclivities associated with religion. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I did a whole show on it. You'll have to go back, subscribe, archive, go back and look. But I talked about millennials leaving the church. And you're right, Greg. You know, religion can seem like work. It's just, you know, whatever. It's it's broken down by denominations. And you got this denomination, that denomination, one denomination. You got to wear a robe with a with your collar on and and a, a cap on your head. The other denomination, you wear jeans and have a coffee cup in your hand. And and there's so many different swings in this thing called religious denominations. The young people was like, you know what? We're done with y'all. You know, we're done with okay, one group shouting with big old 19-inch diameter hats and Bibles and stilettos. And then another group is just like, hey, man, just come as you are, stay as you are, be as you are, live as you are. It don't matter. Jesus loves you anyway. I know I plucked some of y'all nerves on that one right there. But that's, that's, the, that's the reality. And so what we saw in the analyses of why generations are leaving the church is because they just they're just not identifying with our dogmas anymore <laughs> you know what i mean they're not, one dogma is you can't do anything everything is wrong everything's a sin you're busting hell wide open if you have a beard you have hair you have this you have that we just went down the laundry list of things and then young people were just like, you know what? Well, since we can't do anything, we just won't do anything. We'll just go and find our own religion. And then the other side of the equation is because everything was, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient because everything was allowed and because everything, never never was there a talk of sin or never was there a talk of redemption that you just come and feel good and sway to the music, the guy with the guitar with his bare feet and sandals on up on the stage with some nice lights and smoke, that's good. That is not what they identified with either. <laughs> I wish Walter Jones would listen to that part right there because I'm teaching. And so when we look at this Asbury revival, 
this Asbury phenomenon, this Asbury service, which really is a private service for these young people at that college, we're all fixated. I mean, I got friends, minister friends, pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, prophets, philosophers. They're all packing up and, and, and suiting up and going to Kentucky. And, and, and I guess if I was going to challenge you to think, I don't feel that you have to go to Asbury to get the revival that you're looking for in your church or in your community. Why don't you just replicate what they did? It was a unique thing when Jacob said, I won't let go until you bless me. It was a unique thing that Jacob said, I won't move from this place. I will not let go of your garments. I won't let go wrestling with you until you bless me. That's how Jacob got renamed. That's how Jacob got revitalized. That's how Jacob went from liar, cheater, and supplanter to Israel, prince with God. Because he said, I won't let go till you bless me. And so what I'm trying to get us to see is I, I, I have 100% been endorsing and in support of what these young people are doing at Asbury University. I've, I love it. I think it's powerful. I think it's great. But, I, but, but it's, not, it's not resident to that one place. And the problem is, is that in society, we have become too complacent. We've become too satisfied. We've become, we've become too casual with this thing called relationship. And all we're interested in is religion. All we're interested in is give me two points in a poem, three or four songs with some smoke, give me a coffee cup on my way out, and I'm good to go. And that is not what these people were looking for in Asbury. Don't let this brother, don't let, don't let me get unseated, mother. My mother, my spiritual mother is in the house. I got to behave myself now. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're fixated on what we wish we could see in our sanctuaries. We're fixated on what we believe. We, why is it that happening in our church? Y'all singing two or three songs of you out before noon so you can beat the Baptist to go to corral. The reality is, is that Asbury is not something new. It's not, it's not a phenomenon. It's not some grand awakening. The truth of the matter is, is that on the, Acts, on the day of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, God poured out his spirit for all flesh. I'm working out, so I'm in better shape now. I won't pass out at the microphone. You, you know, God poured out his spirit on all, for all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall see visions. Your young men shall dream. dream. This is something that is, it, it's, not, it's a continuum. I just told these people in the jail the other night that God breathed the breath of life into the man's body that he formed, and man became a living soul. That one breath was enough for all that will ever be born on this earth. That one breath. We don't need to go back to God and ask him to rebreathe again. 
And so the reality is, is that I feel like the church is a bit smitten a bit. I feel like we, we just a bit caught off guard, just like we were with COVID. We didn't know whether we were supposed to have church online, whether we were supposed to be outside, whether we were just supposed to shut it down. We didn't have a clue. The church was completely caught off guard by the, the common cold. And the reality is God is saying, I'm calling for a generation of people that will not supplant to, to this world's systems. And they will not go to the way of man's thinking. But my ways are higher than your ways. Am I talking, Greg? This is the way I always talk. It's, it, it's nothing new. I'm not trying to put on a show for you. Greg travels with me 99.9% .9 of everywhere I speak. It is this way every time. <laughs> so he can tell you the truth. And, and when I look at Asbury, I'm just like, why is the church so fixated on Kentucky? Y'all want to go down there to Kentucky and feel the Holy Ghost? That's right, Ron. Can't wait to see you in a few weeks, my brother. My good mentor. This guy mentored me when I was a homeless foster kid, Ron Cordy. He said, it doesn't happen in other places because people don't want to work for it. Just come to church and expect to be blessed. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Ron and his wife, Cindy, took me in, man, in ministry. I don't know if they knew I was a foster kid. I don't, I don't recall giving them my resume. But these people, 35 years later, I love these people as if I, I've, I, I, mm. they, they get it. They got it, man. They got it way back in, in the early 90s. That it's not a, it's not a phenomenon. It's, it's a life. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And so when I, when I talk to you about what are we fixated on Ashbury for, I just want you to, I just want you to hear this brother, okay? I, if, I, if I was, if I was to describe my ministry, it's like a John the Baptist Paul evangelist because <laughs> sometimes I make people bulldog mad. Some folks just get twisted with me because it's like, how dare you? Who do you think you are? You know, I don't know. I was forged in a crucible of adversity. I was forged. God brought me in this thing. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't nice and pleasant with teacups and, and saucers. It was hard. It was rough. <laughs> I love you too, Ron. And so when we think about what, what is it? What's the next step? God may be using Asbury's to say, hey, look, if you want a fire, go gather some kindling out of your neighborhood. See, we're we trying to go get fire from somebody else's forest. Preach with me now. We're trying to go get some kindling from somebody else's forest, and we're trying to make a fire a hundred, three, four, five, six hundred miles away. Listen, go get the kindling in your own neighborhood and start rubbing. You got to touch it. You got to move it. There's got to be friction. There's got to be resistance. There's got to be fire that happens in your own neighborhood to get the fire that you're seeing in Asbury. Jesus, have mercy. 
And, uh, and unless you want to go, unless you like Ron said, unless you want to go do the work and chop down some trees and slice some, slice some bark off and, and take your axe and chop some wood and, and some get some kindling, unless you want to unless you want to get to the dry stuff, unless you want to go where the dry bones are, you're going to continue to just have the same old, same old. And you're going to look back and say, oh, experience is such an And I'm not diminishing it. I believe it's the power of God. I believe the young young people are tired. They're, they're, they're vomiting with, with our religious protocols. And they're saying, man, enough of this. We'll just stay on the altar till God does what he wants to do. Right? And, and, and that's, that's great. But here's what I'm telling you. We got to go and get the axe in our hand. And we got to say, let me go find some kindling in my own area. You know, you know, Brother Ron, Elder Ron, Bishop Ron, my friend, every church that I've been a part of that we started a children's ministry in, we use the exact same concept that you and I used with Pastor Tina way back in the early 90s. It was go to them and set the fire in their neighborhoods, then bring them back to the house of God. We did it every single time. The first church I was at in Newport, North Carolina, they had a handful of kids. And we said, we're going with Belinda Leonard, my spiritual mother. We went and, and went into the projects and she was packing kids in the back of her dually truck, bringing them to the house of God. Then the second church I was with there in, in, um, in Jacksonville, we, 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 we got there. There was 25 kids on any given service. We said, let's go to where the where the rubber meets the road let's go to where nobody else wants to go we had vans running three and four times a wednesday night like we had three vans and we was running them two and three times a night to pick up all the kids you if you want if you want the revival then go get the kindling is what i'm saying if you want the revival the kindling is there it's it's you don't have to drive six seven thousand miles to Ashbury you see what these young people are doing they're saying hey look we're tired of stained glass six inch deep carpet spiraling steeples we're tired of man-made philosophies and theologies we're tired of y'all y'all programming uh, light shows and coffee mugs we just want to have an experience with God. And when I looked at that, I said, yo, God, why are, what is our problem? You gave us the blueprint. We look, we look at a person like Lot. Lot is an example of what the church is doing. The church is lingering. <laughs> you know, why did Lot's wife turn into a pillar of salt? It wasn't because she was such an evil, wretched woman. It was because the spirit of lingering was up in her household. And the man who was the head of the house was a lingerer. Lot was a lingerer. You know, he offered his daughters to the men of the city, which is an example of, hey, man, I'll do anything to protect my reputation. When God said, you need to get out of this city, the Bible says, and while he lingered. If I'm told that this place about to catch on fire, let me tell you something. I ain't lingering. I ain't getting my bags. I'm not even bringing my North Carolina jersey. I'm punching out, yo. But no, Lot lingered. And so as he was, as the angels forced him out of the city, uh, his wife had the same spirit that she had been under subjection to her husband. It was called the lingering spirit. And when she looked back, it was because she, her husband was a lingerer. Lot should have turned into a pillar of salt, not her. And the reality is, is that we got that lingering spirit. Let's just, let's just hang out and see what God's going to do. You know, we come say, come saw. And God said, you got to go. You got to go. You got to leave. You got to ex ex get out of your comfort zone. You got to tra traverse beyond the borders of where you are. 
And what I want to say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> only back to life 24-7, sometimes King, <laughs> sometimes King just gets a little buck wild. I want to tell you that what's happening in Ashbury should be happening everywhere. Because God breathed one time into mankind and man became a living soul. We don't have to go back to him and say, Lord, breathe on me again. Well, you know, breathe, breathe on me. Uh, uh, breathe on. Man, that song is so tired. We don't need God to breathe on us again. He breathed in us the breath of life. He didn't breathe on us the breath of religion, denomination. He didn't breathe on us the, the, the breath of destruction or depression. He breathed on us the breath of life. And if he did, he did it one time for all mankind. God said, I know how many people will be born until I decide to go back and catch all these folks up. <laughs> he said, I know exactly how much breath I need for every child that will be born and die and have siblings and offspring. I know exactly how many I will create in that time frame. And this one breath will sustain everybody from birth till death until there is no more to the earth, till the angel stands on one foot on the shore and one foot on the sea and says, time will be no more. I breathed enough into them. So all we need to do is go get some kindling. If you want the fire in your community, go get some kindling. Is that right, Greg? There's kindling out there. Greg and I see it every day. He and I were just in a, in a parade. We're going through some, some challenging neighborhoods. There's kindling. He and I see it where we'll be next Monday speaking in a, in a school for Black History Month. There's kindling. A week after that, we'll be in Grantsboro. Beautiful folks there at Motion Church. There's kindling. A week after that, Ron, I'll be traveling up to Ohio. Speak at Church on the North Coast, Lorraine High, the Boys and Girls Club, and other places. There's kindling. I don't have to, I don't have to put these people on a bus to give them some shock and awe about what's going on. I'll have to put them on a, on a, on a charter bus to, to teach them about what's going on. You just got to get hungry for, for where you are. You know, I, I love missionaries. And I was just talking about this with, with Mike Black. You know, we talked about this. We said, you know, Black, I, I do have a, I, I don't believe that I, I, let me phrase this right so I don't get excommunicated by some of y'all. I believe that there are missionaries and people called to the mission field to go to foreign places. I believe that. But I also believe that the fruit should bear out that they're hungry for souls. You can't just tell me that you went to Ivy League college and you got your, your, your preaching certificate. And now you called to go to Australia. Did you win anybody while you was in school? Did you reach anybody while you was in your neighborhood? Because the call of God is without repentance. So it don't matter what geographical location you're in. There was a time when, when my wife and I, and Belinda knows this, there was a time when my wife and I would teach five, six, seven Bible studies a week. That's one hour a night, 12 lessons. 
They were called Exploring God's Word Home Bible Study. And we used to have five or six of them set up in a week. Our house would be full of people. I remember the time that there was a gentleman that came to our church. He had tattoos all over his body, all over his face, and all the religious folks was puckered up in their pews, scared to death that this dude about to pop a cap in somebody. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care what kind of tattoos he got on. I'm going to go talk to this brother. I went and talked to him, found out his mother raised him Pentecostal. And I said, man, I want you to come up. He just got out of jail. He was a shot caller on the block in jail. I said, I want you to come over to my crib and have dinner. We want to cook you a home-cooked meal. That's what, that's what people taught me. That's what Ron Cordy and Belinda Linder and Louis Kayaton and Tina Kayaton taught me to do. They said, man, look, go after them. That's kindling if you want to start a fire. And I had that brother, I, we had him over to my house. My wife was like, what in the name of God are you doing? I mean, he had literally bald head, Latino cat tattoos all over. I mean, it was just like, oh, Lord, Lord, let us get through this. I prayed over my meal. Father, let me live after this meal. <laughs> and he wound up being one of the greatest guys. He wound up being one of the greatest guys. Sought me out when he left the town to see where I was at when I left the town. So what's going on in Asbury? Am I, am I over? Yeah. Seven to seven 30. I should be good. It, what's going on in Asbury is phenomenal. I love it, but I feel like we gotta, we gotta get our own kindling, man. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. I mean, like, he said, he didn't say of what region you was in. He just said, if my people, then will they hear from heaven? I'll hear their land. I'll, I'll do all these things for them. So if you want revival in your church, maybe save your money instead of going to Asbury and just saying, hey, man, it happened to a, a bunch of unassuming young people in a college town of 5,000. Why can't it happen here? If it's in Ashbury, why why not here? Why not in Jacksonville? Why not in Lorraine? Why not in Newport? Why not in Fresno? Why not in Illinois? Why not? Why not? If it's in these, if it's in one place, it can be in any place. And I do believe that that God is the answer for all things. No, I don't believe that all things are easy but I do believe that God is the answer for them all. Okay. So Greg, you and I will be together uh, again tomorrow night. We have a guest. Let's see who our guest is tomorrow night here live at impact life 24 seven. We do this at uh, Angie Grant. She's going to be our guest and Angie Grant is uh, where are we, where's she coming from and what does she do? Oh, she's talking about, I imagine that many of your listeners either are or know adoptive parents. And I know these parents are likely raising children who are difficult to connect with. Okay, so she's, she's going to talk about being an adoptive parent of a child that is hard to deal with. And what resonated with me with her is that she, she's, she chose to adopt this child that is, is presenting some special needs. And started out in foster parenting. And as you know, foster parenting is very close to my heart because Ruthie Plowden decided to call me and say, I want Chris King in my house. And so I'm 
I'm thankful that somebody caring enough that had a burden enough to take me in. Okay, so tomorrow night, be back here at Impacting Life 24-7. We'll be discussing that. I hope that I wasn't too offensive, but you know, I'm a, by nature, I am like a John the Baptist Paul preacher. So that's just what I am. And when we start talking about the things of God, I just black out. So <laughs> anyway, God bless you guys. And thank you for tuning in to Impact Life 24-7. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this show, this show is, we're going, Greg, can you believe we're almost at 300 episodes, bro? Can you believe that? Can you believe it? We're almost at 300 episodes. And for those of you who don't know who Greg is, Greg is the VP of Impacting Life 24-7. He is my right-hand man, my very best friend. If you look over my shoulder, y'all, let me see here. Let me do it this way. Right there. Look at that. For those of you who can see in the studio, this is the birthday present that Greg got me. The Marine Corps uh, emblem of, of Iwo Jima with the Marines raising the flag on Mount Suribachi and a little bit above that is the Eagle Globe and Anchor of the United States Marine Corps. Both Greg and I served in the Marine Corps. He retired. I did not. And so I love that man. Thank you, Mom. Belinda Tyson Linder, one of our corporate sponsors. And uh, thank you for listening to me. I hope I was on, I hope I didn't embarrass you too much. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you why, why maybe the Lord has refined my, my ministry because going into that jail every month that Greg and I give up our time. We don't charge them a dime to go in there. And Chip Hughes is so gracious to let us have the free run of his jail. Um, we go in there and one thing that I know when I go to speak in corporate America, I'm speaking at a fortune 500 company or whatever. It's one thing, but when you go speak to people who are locked away and feel like there's no hope, they just need somebody to be real. I don't have to put on a bunch of shows. I don't have to put on, I don't have to, I don't have to tickle their ears with sugar. We just deal with salt. And that's why I absolutely love it. If I could speak in jail and, and make the kind of living I make in other places, I do it 365. So if y'all got a jail you want me to come to, let's uh, lock in a contract and I'll be up there. So until next time, which will be tomorrow. Yeah, Ron, he takes good care of me. Greg is one of the best people on the planet. You couldn't ask for another person, better person. If I had enough money to pay for him, I'd bring him to Ohio with me. Because <laughs> he's more than on one occasion gotten me out of a lot of trouble. Because <laughs> he's like, King, you're acting like John the Baptist and Paul. Get over here and sit down. Let me work this deal for you. So anyway, the Gunny is always on deck. Love Gunny. I love you. Thank you all for tuning in to Impacting Life 24-7. If you'd like to become a sponsor, go to clkingspeaker.com. There's three levels, a dollar, five, and 15. That's it. If you want to help this programming continue, go there and become a sponsor. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you tomorrow night on Impacting Life 24-7 with your host, CL King. God bless you. <laughs>